midget toss. What the fuck is that? And you basically get at the top of the stairs and you chuck the little guy down the stairs. I'm questioning your intelligence for asking <laughs> midget toss. What the hell is that? It's That's all, correct. It's all summed up in the title. Okay, so uh, welcome to uh, episode zero of The Jew and the Gentile. <laughs> it's really a show about nothing. I'm Jeff Vexler, Richard um, Carnahan. Richard Carnahan. Friend of, I don't know, 40 years. And uh, we put this, this show together with producer Bob, Bob the Whippet of Whippet Productions, which I really appreciate. Thanks, Bob. Do you appreciate um, the productions or the Whippet? Mm, Both, equally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Equally, yeah. Okay. And we have a show about nothing. We absolutely do not know what we're going to do. Uh, this is Richard's first time to ever put on a headset. Yeah. How's that feel? It feels pretty good. I thought I was going to hate it because I don't like the way my voice sounds. <laughs> Nobody likes the way your voice yeah, sounds. especially my wife. But <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling better. Uh, someone once told me, they said, when you're recorded, you sound like a, a 16-year-old Jewish girl that smokes too much. Wow. <laughs> Who told you that? Wow, that's specific. I mean. Very uh, specific. Very. But yeah. it, it does work to have the cans on, doesn't it? It does. It does. It, it makes does. you feel sort of special. You know what I'm feeling good about is the last time I brought somebody on air for their first time, my good buddy Brian Sethney, I said, NBA expert Brian Sethney. Here he is, folks. And Brian went. And could not get a word out. Oh, man. <laughs> Literally could not get a word out. Okay. And anyway, yeah, that was awkward. So it's good that you can actually speak into a mic. Again. Hey, we do have a lot of actual, like, show structure that we worked on at Chris Madrid's for the last 45 minutes. It was really- you guys are going to love it. <laughs> uh, so in studio with me is a former radio co-host friend of mine, Marcus Valdespino, which, Marcus, I love seeing you again. How long has it been since you were on either radio or pod? Um, I filled in a few times uh, pre-COVID at ESPN Radio. Nice. Rob Thompson. Yep. And so COVID kind of messed me up there, and they started going to their own remote location. They started doing from home, and I was like, okay. And so, yeah, so that kind of messed me up. But I would fill in once in a while when uh, Rob needed a co-host. Well, you've always known your shit from the first day we met when I was like 22 and you were like, 25 or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, I'm like four years older than yeah. you. So I was like 27, maybe. Yeah. Uh, we were kids in the radio business that yeah. basically got put on by the same producer, um, or say, same program director, Andrew Ashwood, the gorilla, rest in peace. Yeah. And we became fast friends, and we've, we've kept up phone calls here or there all throughout years. It's been almost 20 now. Uh, and it's really cool to be live back in person with yeah. you, getting to do this in studio, and to be starting a podcast again because it feels like it's been way too fucking long since I've had a microphone. This is exciting <laughs> as shit. Uh, you know, today my my like my word of the day is 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 like unmitigated disaster. How did you do wow. in math in college? I was good at math. Why? No, you weren't. How come? Word of the day: two words. That's the joke, Bob. My word of the day is unmitigated disaster. But, Jeff, aren't some pe- people supposed to laugh at a joke? <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a very fair point. If I, don't, if I don't point out the joke, we may have some listeners who go, he's an idiot. Well, that's fine. They should know ahead of time because most of our listeners, let's be frank, they know me really well. They're like relatives. So, <laughs> But here we, you know, Unmitigated disaster. We're going to spend at least two hours today talking about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. 
Wow. <laughs> Let me get my notes. And wow. And boom goes the dynamite. No. Okay. Wait, so, where's, where, where are my sound pads? Never mind. My show, my show prep is going in the trash. Okay, you guys came oh, here for man. something else? Oh, wow. I, I think so. Okay, good. Marcus, the NBA draft was last night, bro. It's like, it's like, it, it, it's my favorite day of the year. It is. It is. It, it, it's like basketball players Christmas. Yes. And I, I walked away from last night as a Spurs fan, absolutely fucking livid. And I can only call it an unmitigated disaster. You and I were texting a little bit last night with a bunch of our Spurs fans. And I still am scratching my head trying to figure out what was the draft strategy for Brian Wright last night. And do you feel like it was an unmitigated disaster? What's the plan? Yeah. What are we doing? Are we just, what, what, what are the pieces who, you know, who, it doesn't seem like there's been a plan in place for the last three years, unless they're talking about, uh, you know, they have like 30 million in cap room, but who comes to the Spurs anyway, you know, as a free agent, we're going to, we trade our way, you know, to try to get good players. I wanted Jalen Duran. I knew. Listen, I did too. Well, well, he wasn't my number one choice, but by the time you get to nine, Jalen yeah. Duran starts Same. to look pretty good. You Same. Know? Okay. Um, they passed on him, so we know. It's like my son tells me, we know we're gonna know how the Spurs feel when it gets to nine, and there's three of our choices there, and which one they take. We're gonna know which direction they want to go in. Um, Jeremy Shohan is something that the Spurs don't have. True. Okay. In terms of he's a six nine jumping jack. Yeah. You know, uh, he's one of the guys that he's a, he's kind of a jack of all trades, um, master, master of none. Of none. Master yeah. of none. He's forty eight percent free throw shooter. I shoot free throws because I got bad shoulders, underhanded, and I'm pretty sure I can do forty eight percent. Absolutely. Yeah. He's <laughs> on he, an eight foot. Anyway. He's a bad shooter. Uh, Flat. He, he, him and Jakob Pertl ought to have a free throw shooting contest. Make everybody's head spin How and many? blow up. You'd rather talk about Roe versus Roe versus Wade in, in, <laughs> in that regard. If you want to watch them shoot free throws. Um, but but real quick, J- J- Jeremy is a player. He yes. wouldn't have been my choice or anything. He probably would have been maybe fourth on that on pick number nine. Like I'd have gone down the list a little. Yeah. Um, he is a guy though that can guard all five positions. They, they said the stat last night: twenty five percent of the of the people he's guarding in college. Uh, that's all they shoot. That's all they 25%. shoot is twenty five percent. Yeah. He's a guy that can block the shot, grab it off the board. He can. He has some handles. He reminds me of a young Dennis Rodman. I don't mean Dennis Rodman had a couple of different careers. I don't mean the the, the Dennis Rodman with the Chicago Bulls where he was a one trick pony, a no. specialist, and just grabbed rebounds. I'm talking and, about early right, Detroit. I'm guy. talking about early Detroit Rodman. But Jeremy's a little taller and he's got better handles. Um, and thank God because you know the game's evolved, yeah. right? So. He's a player the Spurs don't have, and so I'm kind of excited to see how he is, like kind of like a Robert Williams clone. Sure. Um, I, did you I don't watch? think he has bounce like Robert Williams. You don't? Okay. No, and I don't think he can rim protect, period. Like, not certainly not the way Robert Williams does, because that guy, that guy blocks shots at the rim, like, left and right. Like, I like Sohan. Do not get me wrong. I'm not... I don't think he sucks. I don't think it was a lost pick. It's just not the pop pick that I think we needed to make. I mean, we don't have a superstar, Richard. Right. Like the we big haven't pop- had a superstar in 10, 15 years. Yeah, it's but been a long time. that's not who the Spurs are. See, to me, and I don't know basketball like you guys do, but I am Puro San Antonio. Yeah. It's a very Spurs pick. The international flavor. He's an English Polishman yeah. who grew up in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's true. We were talking about this over lunch. We don't have that many people of Polish descent. You can tell Polak jokes all day and never get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing another one in. 
<laughs> True. They don't fly in Chicago quite, you know, quite. But no. here, here you can do them all over. They right. have no idea what a pole is. <laughs> they really don't. So Bob po- says he po- met the quota. You met, he met the quota. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was just looking for the Spurs to make a bigger splash in this draft. When you come in with three first-round draft picks and a nice stash of young prospects, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Josh Primo, to say just a few, you got to be thinking about getting that superstar. The Spurs are devoid of that superstar and have been since Tim left. So the guy that was allegedly very much available at the number four pick from Sacramento was Jaden Ivey. I mean, look, the Sacramento knew he wasn't going to play there, so they didn't even draft him, and they drafted Keegan Murray kind of out of order. So you could have definitely made that deal with Sacramento for, let's just say, Keldon Johnson, the ninth pick, and the 20th pick. I tell you what, I, you could have sent them first round pick of 2025, the Bulls pick. There I think you go. they, I think they would have jumped on. They that. would have jumped for I that. Think they would have jumped on that. And we could have had the guy who I think Marcus. If I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You and I both believe Jaden Ivey's the best future star prospect in this draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna expand on your frustration, okay. and I and I don't want to do that, but I'm gonna do it. Go anyway. for it. The first, I think, the first eight picks right before the Spurs pick at nine. You, you could possibly see All-Star. Yeah. Right, right. And everyone, even even down to Sharp, who knows? He's, you know, yeah, sure. Tracy McGrady and Kobe Bryant were, were, you know, like Sharp was the number one player, you know, sure. right? Okay. Spurs picked the first player at nine, Richard, that he's not going to be an All-Star. Never. He, he's, that, that's, so, so, you know, so th- that was kind of frustrating. It is. J- Jalen Duran actually has a little bit more potential if, if, if he worked on his jump shot. That dude could be Dwight Howard. He, he looks be. just like Dwight Howard he's, did. He's like a man child. When he was 18. Yeah. Like he's going to be dunking on people's heads in five months, yes. and we're going to go, why the hell didn't we get that guy, and why are we still stuck with Jakob Bertel at a huge contract? That's if we keep him. I, it's, it's very frustrating to me, and, and here's, here's something that I haven't seen anywhere. And I mentioned it to you last night, Marcus. This is two goddamn years in a row. The Spurs have drafted a sixth man with their lottery pick. I bet you that's never happened before. Both players didn't start for their college teams because Primo was a sixth man. And now again, Sochan Sochan only started one game at Baylor. Yeah. And it was because of COVID, basically. Well, it it still feels very Spurs. Like, look at... It is Spursy. The, st- it is the stars that they've drafted, you got the Admiral, and then we got Tim. Yeah. And that was that was like lightning striking. Yes, and it was a no-brainer. But if you're going to get the next superstar, you have to be drafting for pop, like somebody who can explode and, and, and all of a sudden turn into a superstar, the way Kawhi Leonard did, which, by the way, I didn't see that coming, okay? Uh, maybe nobody saw that coming. I did. You did. Okay. I did. Um, now, no, what I didn't see coming was he's an MVP candidate. Right. But I did see some All-Star. I saw a couple of three or four-time All-Star. I saw a little Dr. J there. Um, S- so- Steve Fisher, his college coach, who coached yeah. Weber, Michigan. Lloyd yeah. Vaught, Terry yeah. Mills, said Kawhi Leonard at 6'7 was the best rebounder he ever coached. Wow. And I thought to myself, okay. That's that, kind of a big deal. That, that, that's kind of a big deal. On that. And, 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 and Kawhi Leonard at 6'7. Uh, average 10, 11 rebounds a game in college. Okay, so let's put on those same kind of like Kawhi Leonard sort of goggles for Jeremy Sohan. And to me, I think his his best his best comp, if things go well, is Sean Marion. Sean Marion was a very nice player. He could guard a lot of positions. He could get up and finish around the rim. He could protect the rim a little bit, but not a whole lot. But you'd have to close your eyes when he shot the ball because it was so ugly. Same thing with Jeremy Sohan. 
Seriously? Yes. And and that is where I just say, I don't get it. If if Jalen Duran, Mr. 6'11", I kind of look like a young Dwight Howard, is sitting there, and you're not sure about the future of Jakob Pertl, and you know Zach Collins and his career are just, frankly, finished. And Jock Landale, eh, he's all right. But he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have to be looking for that big who has pop. The only way this last night's draft for the Spurs makes any damn sense at all is if they already have a deal in the works to get DeAndre Ayton. That's the only way it makes sense. And I'm not even telling you I want DeAndre right. Ayton, but if if that is the plan, and that's kind of what you were getting at, Marcus, is just what's the damn plan, right? If the plan does involve DeAndre Ayton, okay, okay, I don't love it, but it's a plan. And then the, the picks at 20 and 25, I was pretty sure after seeing all the guys that I was particularly interested in gone before we got to those numbers, I thought the Spurs would for sure trade out of that and maybe try to get into next year's draft, which is the famous double draft because it's going to have collegiates and high school players in it, and it's deep as it can get with Scoot Anderson and Victor Wimbanyana. It's like this unbelievable draft year. I was sure they would trade out, and instead they took two Six foot four, six foot five, undersized guards, which just makes no goddamn sense to me. You know, I'm with you. I like Malachi Brandon. I know Brandon, you do. A, a you like bit. him more than me. I like him. You know, let's let's uh, let's Is hope he, he doesn't Ohio turn out. State guy? Yeah, he's a Ohio State guy. He he is a. He, he's possibly what I, what I like about him is his efficiency. He is possibly in the NBA a 50, 40, 90 guy. He could be. He almost did that in college, except his free throws were eighty three percent. But he, man, his efficiency, his shooting, um, and his last like fifteen games, he was outrageous. I he mean, was. He, he was really good. I mean, he really helped EJ Liddell uh, more than more than I thought he could. Here's um, here's my counter to that. He is a mid range jump shooting shooting guard. If you're six foot four and you're shooting mid-range pull-up jump shots, you better be elevating the way Devin Booker, Kobe Bryant, who was bigger, but the way he elevated, you need to be getting off the ground. You need to have bounce. Lonnie Walker, you know, one of the reasons he could get off mid-range jumpers is he could bounce. Right. I don't see Malachi really bouncing. And it's six four and you're shooting over six, 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 seven opposition. Man, those mid-range pull-ups get really, really hard. He doesn't get to the rim that great. Uh, and frankly, his size would lead you to believe maybe he's going to be a point guard, not a shooting guard. It worries me. Yeah. And then you got Blake Wesley from Notre Dame, who I love the fact that he has some shake. Because if there's one thing the Spurs don't have... Someone it's a, that can create a shot. Exactly. And if you look over the recent history, Richie, of modern basketball, last 10 years or so, the teams that win um, are the teams where they are fielding Five dudes at all time who can create their own shot. Toronto probably being the best example. Golden State is probably the worst example because they actually can put a couple of guys out there that don't create on their own because they have Curry and Clay Thompson to, you know, take all the defense's attention. I'm just telling you, I don't want to watch a goddamn basketball team again that can't break anybody down off the dribble. And Blake Wesley kind of can, but he has a big problem finishing at the rim he is a i think he's 43 percent on layups inside the paint that's not good that's not tony parker yeah, yeah. malachi is around 65 percent finishing he's at the good rim. At finishing. i'm gonna i'll yep. just disagree with you a little bit i understand your frustration um but i've watched malachi he's pretty he's ambidextrous he goes to the he dunks he, he, left he does dunk left and our, he can our dunk listeners right. don't know what that means 
Amphibious? <laughs> Quadriplegic? Like yeah. a frog? There you go. No, I, look, I, I have jealousies because um, I love the NBA like you do. I'm not just a Spurs fan, right? And, 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 and Richie, we absorb, like, the entire league. We're dorks about this shit, okay? <laughs> and I can never take a Spurs draft just in a vacuum on what we got. And I think that any reasonable fan who's knowledgeable can't accept it in a vacuum either. You always have to be looking at how did we do by comparison to the other teams. And as I watch Oklahoma City last night, just like what they're doing is unbelievable. They're well, playing three-dimensional yeah, chess. Yeah, yeah. But who's got the- – where where'd their guy come yeah, from? Yeah, Sam Presti. He was our guy. Right. And and so and they've got likely... an architect and and we've got Michael Dell now. Okay. That helps, I think. I think it helps too, but I mean, are we gonna stay in San Antonio even? Oh God. Can we not do that Ooh. yet? <laughs> future <laughs> show. Future show. Okay. Mark it down. But not 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 right fucking now. I'm in too bad of a mood. So you, I'd like to give up Brian Wright and a couple of future first rounders I mean, for Sam Preston. Can we do that deal tonight? We'll do that one. Absolutely. Can we get Becky Hammond back? I, I, I'm fine with that. Just get rid of Brian Wright. No, Sam Presti's brilliant. We knew he was brilliant when he was here. Other teams that you thought were big winners last night. Um, who jumps out? Detroit was huge. Jesus, they were good. Uh, we Did, can we can expand on that. Houston was huge. OKC was huge. Memphis. Uh, Memphis was nice. They made a couple of trades with the Timberwolves. Um, man, just the, the Detroit getting Jalen Duran and getting Jaden Ivey. That, that is will, insane. That, that, that will be fun to watch with Cade Cunningham. Um, uh, Sadiq Bay can really shoot it. I, I, I mean, he's been They're six, four years away from being in a conference final. Yeah, it's, uh, with Sadiq that kind of lineup. Six, eight with that jumper. Um, and, and Ivy just running up and down the court with Cade Cunningham. Yeah. And then did they end up getting your guy, Gabriel Perseus? No, he went. He, uh, he they went drafted to him, but they, but they, 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 they. Did they wind I, up getting their hands on him last night? After somebody I fell needs asleep? to look that up. I thought they did. Gabriel Proceda. Yeah, he was drafted by Portland last night at like thirty-three or thirty-four. Who I wanted the Spurs to get real bad because he's got a lot of Ginobili vibe. Um, did he wind up in Detroit too? Um, you're gonna, you're, I'm gonna, that, that would be absolutely oh, outrageous. That would make the that would make the draft A to go to an A plus easily. Yeah, uh, yeah, number thirty six to the Pistons. Okay, wait to the Pistons. Gabriel Proceda. Yeah, Detroit Pistons draft Italian wing oh Gabriel Proceda. So, so, so now you so oh my god. Thanks, Bob, for that information. Now, now you're looking at Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, and Gabriel Proceda. I'm gonna tell you right now. I watched a little bit of the highlights and listen. You know, I know you have to watch full games of players and all that, but you're, sure. if you're an NBA scout, you can watch a player for about a couple of minutes and say, okay, he's got something, mm-hmm. right? And you can tell you can tell right away if you have a keen eye for it, oh, that guy, yeah, he's going to need some help. Uh, you know, he doesn't have it all. When I watched the video that you sent me on Gabriel Persida, uh, if Kate Cunningham was sitting here right here in my face, I would tell him, I, I bet this guy will – give you trouble one-on-one if you went outside right now to the basketball court at 6-7. Yep. I, would lo- I would love, I would pay to watch Kate Cunningham versus Gabriel Persona yeah. in a game of one-on-one. Hell yeah. And if you showed, if you showed Kate Cunningham that video I sent you, that Gabby Persida video, <laughs> and, and he hadn't seen it for the first time, Cade would be like, damn. Yeah, we're good. Damn. We're wow, good. Those, are, those are some really flappy small ears. On? Persida? Persida. Oh, I, I didn't inspect his ears. Maybe... Those were not part of the combine <laughs> measurements. <laughs> he was wow. the fastest person at the combine 
uh, length of floor, which is kind of amazing for a six seven white guy. Okay, and well, he can bounce. Whitish. Whitish because yeah. he's Italian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm a shout out to my Italian brothers. Uh, <laughs> It's okay to be racist to Italians now, but it wasn't 100 years ago. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah you, yeah, you might get killed, right? <laughs> somehow. Somehow that's They're never going to find your body. All, all, yeah, you're in a building somewhere. Well, I don't think I'm going to be racist to an Italian 50 years ago, let alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no thanks. I, I, I watch Goodfellas. Yeah. So my buddy Clark, Dr. Butt. You yeah. know Dr. Butt. Yeah, sure. He's a proctologist. Yeah. Great guy. Huge Spurs fan. Dancing machine. So so true. You ought to, what do you call the uh, what do you call the Irish river dance? It wasn't Irish. It was definitely Russian. It was like his attempt to do river dance. Yeah, remember Perfect Strangers? <laughs> he was Malachi. Balky. Oh Balky. Malachi. It's close. Just confusing him with the Spurs draft pick. Oh, okay. Or the guy from Children <laughs> of the Corn. Uh oh. But yeah. No, so Clark's big thing every single year. Then the last like four or five is, oh, well, we won 36 games. We won 35 games. So we're really only three games from flipping it to being a 500 team. And it's like, well, yeah, but you do realize other teams are getting better too. And this goes to what you were saying a minute ago, Marcus. We're playing Oklahoma City. We're playing Memphis. We're in the same division as, as Houston. Like, if they're getting better at a quicker rate than we are, then we are drowning. Well, I mean, the, the, the problem with striving for mediocrity, which is what a 41-win season gets you, yes. is you're not shitty enough to go high in the lottery. Correct. Mm-hmm. And you're not good enough to compete for a final, so you're stuck in the middle to, to jump sports. NBA you're purgatory. You're the Dallas Cowboys. NBA purgatory. Hey, it's the uh, worst place to be. So your boy Clark is like uh, Louis Anderson in Coming to America. I'm on lettuce. <laughs> Next year, I'll let, they'll let me do fries, right? In about 50 years, I could be a manager. I, I mean, is that where the Spurs are going? Yes. Okay. But Louis can't dance as good as Clark. No, no, but I'd like to see him try. Yeah. Well, you know, look, let's let's wrap up the whole Spurs thing by just saying, like, what's what's a good year for you guys for the Spurs next year? Like, record for me, it's not about record. It's about being young, fun, and improving. This last year, I thought we were young, thought we were fun, and I thought we were improving. Well, there was there was sparks of that, and then there's also sparks where like the the old heads, the talking NBA guys, are like the Spurs are unwatchable. Yeah, I heard a lot of and that. He, that's a not a place that. you want to be. I agree with you. Especially with a market like San Antonio. It's a huge, small city. Yep. You didn't see us on all those national televised games? <laughs> but what are you we, talking we about? We were like on C- We were, we were <laughs> what, C-SPAN? C-SPAN? We were on C-SPAN. Okay, there you go. <laughs> we, were, we, we were like like that closed network Polish TV. <laughs> wow. But, real- but, but in all fairness, even, even in San Antonio's heyday, to a lot of casual NBA fans... The Spurs were unwatchable even then. Paint dry. It wasn't. Ex- it wasn't an exciting I heard, I heard product the, for them. I heard the expression all the time: paint dry. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not going to worry about all that. I'm well, not yeah. going to worry about that. I'm going to worry about winning games. Um, okay. But like, you do have to be a little bit exciting if you are young and bad. Being young, bad, and unexciting is a bad place to be. Yeah, you want to be the Washington Generals? Is that who Bad, drunk, and stupid is not good, huh? Yeah. Bad, drunk, and stupid. It's no way to yeah. go through life. Right. That's right. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, look, 
I'm, I, I walked in here today in a bad mood. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was fucking pissed off. I, I barely slept last night. I take this shit really seriously. The Perseida kid, I wanted to be a spur. He was a natural spur. We didn't fucking get him. We chose Kennedy Chandler in the second round, who I thought was kind of interesting, and then we immediately fucking traded Your favorite him. player got traded within seconds. That's, That's right. Uh, maybe the fastest player in the draft yes. got traded. In and he's, he's cool, man. He gets to the rim. I know he's only six foot, but he's got like a big wingspan, and he gets to the bucket, and he was a spur for five fucking seconds. What if we trade him for a bucket of chicken i don't yeah. remember what did we get marcus uh, a dvd to wolf of wall street yeah it's like nothing I, I mean i don't know well, i don't know what we got but it wasn't much i mean it's not like we got a 2023 first rounder okay wouldn't that be crazy if he turned into like a poor man's chris paul and was running the show like a right-handed avery johnson that could shoot i'm thinking wow. just saying little tony parker yeah ah oh, it's killing me you know so we did show prep marcus at at chris madrid's You've been to Christmas Madrid's. I think so. Yeah. Um, our man Bob has never been to Christmas Madrid's. Well, now I have. Well, yeah. What did you think? I haven't asked you about your experience. That's where we did our show prep. It was great. It was good. There's like like fry stains all over my papers. Well, I used a napkin. <laughs> you liked it? I did. Or loved it? Because I, I liked it. Because I have to be honest, you might be run out of town if you just go, eh, it was all right. It's I... No, no, I can have my opinion and not be stark raving not in, this in, town. In, in support of it. I mean, I I am going to go back on my own. There, there you, go. you go. There you go. All right. That's that works. What did you get today? I didn't even notice. The cheesy. Macho cheddar cheesy. Cheddar cheese. Yeah. That, yeah. That, okay. You can pretty much give me anything on the menu and I won't I, complain. I, I'm same. Same. <laughs> I did I did the the the, uh, the Frito burger, the... Um, Oh, come on. Tostada burger. Tostada burger today. And it was freaking unbelievable. And the 8 million mini buckets of salsa. Yeah, that's how I eat it. That's how you're supposed to eat it. You're supposed to pour salsa on every single bite of your tostada burger. Well, but it, but, Jeff but, gets no. all those salsas because they're free. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, why he loads up on them. And well, that's why gonna, the show's called We're going to loop back to the title. <laughs> but but if is that's how it's supposed to be, then don't you think the containers would be Bigger. No, they want you, you to have look to ask, like a real asshole. You have to ask for those. <laughs> and I have before. For a bigger container? Yes. They, yeah. ra they ran you it's out. It's like of, a little pint. They yeah. ran you out of Y'all went to the original, right? In other oh, words, of course. They, they broke off. I think the families broke off in uh, different locations, but y'all went to the original. The original. Yeah. Okay. The, well, other the, one, the other one is Diana's. Okay. okay That's which Chris's is sister. Chris's okay. sister. Yeah. And they're actually no longer related restaurants okay okay, okay. uh but diana over on sarsamora that place is really 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 good are they related related like they go to thanksgiving dinner together they mm, well no chris died chris oh, passed away well, that's a problem I'm so sorry. his sister diana condolences sold out the chris madrid's name but okay. started her own burger joint okay which is equally great shout it out is. to okay, you good. diana shout out to you um hey you're kind of like um uh, 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 like a Texas football fan, aren't you? Yes. Does the Arch Manning thing, like, register? Yes, it does. I mean, when you can get the number one overall player, I mean, that's just quarterback. Um, that's that's pretty exciting stuff. And I guess, obviously, the pedigree, the name, and yeah. everything like that. Um, he looks a little more athletic than Peyton Manning. And, uh, you and Eli he Manning. can run a 5'5"? Five five? Right, right. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's crazy. Their, their dad, Archie Manning, was a lot more athletic. He yes. was more in the Roger Staubach yes. mode. And had he gone to a better organization, Archie Manning would be in the Hall of Fame. But yeah. he went to New Orleans. It was a dump for a. But he years. could move. You're right. Archie. And neither of his boys could. 
I asked Paul Alexander one time, I said, you know, we deal in hypotheticals sometimes, the what-ifs. I think that's how you compare players. If you were to put Archie Manning on the Dallas Cowboys and put Roger Staubach on the New Orleans Saints, Roger Staubach is sitting there with a, a, a you know, couple of Pro Bowls, just like Archie, and Archie Manning's a five, four-time cha- – I mean, a two-time yeah. champion, five Super Bowls also. Probably they were right. that equal, yeah. and, they, and Archie was that good. So let's hope that, you know uh, – Arch isn't the one that destroys that. All his three previous, you know, his relatives obviously were pretty great. I think Arch Manning's going to be pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. Well, it's- well, I mean, I, I think we have a time machine installed, and, and I think we have a broadcast coming in. And, and uh, Arch Manning posed down the field. It's a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown at six <laughs> points with the part with the extra point to come. And Texas is only losing by 42 to Alabama. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> You couldn't give a seven nothing pending and then and then get. Oh it's God. the second quarter. Hey, it's okay. it's it's future history. Okay. Well, and that's what I asked. I said, "Does Arch play safety also?" Hey, better. You know, it's so easy to knock around the long, Longhorns. They make themselves such easy targets over the last couple of decades. But this is actually kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. And it when is a the, big deal. When the Longhorns are good, it makes college football better. I think it does. I think it does. Um, it makes their fans almost insufferable. But, <laughs> but even if Texas didn't have a football team, they'd still be insufferable. Uh, that's absolutely true because they'd still think their football team was important. Well, and you live in Texas and, and you, you go to Walmart and you see 17 dudes wearing a UT shirt and, and they didn't get engineering degrees from UT. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they, they did not. They didn't. Or you see 17 dudes wearing Aggie shirts and... Well, maybe they do sleep with guns, but <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's that's that's it. In this state, it's it's UT or it's A and M or fake it. If you're not a fan of either one, yeah, I, I, it moves the needle. Okay, like it definitely gets me interested in the upcoming football season for them. But yeah. like one man does not a program change. Right. I'm just hoping that like maybe it does lead to yeah. a little bit of a long term change. I mean, the last time that I can recall, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, the last time I can recall Texas really getting a guy like this was when they got Chris Sims. Chrissy. And Chris sucked. Yeah. And and took a hey, job. He was fifteen and zero at home. <laughs> no, but actually he was. was. He really? Yes, that's a, that's a crazy record. But he didn't win anywhere else, I guess. And n- neutral field, he wasn't. That and he good took either. Major Applewhite's job, and Major was probably the better player. And that's Mac Brown's fault. That was Mac's fault. Yeah. And and Chris Sims, like by the way, in life is like a really cool guy. It has nothing to do with that. But nobody threw it to the Gatorade container more accurately than Chris Sims. <laughs> I mean, he would just drop back. Oh, everybody's covered here. Right to the sideline, out of bounds. Wow. And Horns 247 Sports is actually 24-7. putting put, – yeah, I, I, yeah, whatever. Oh. Uh, they are putting – Math, also his strong suit. <laughs> I have an engineering degree, but I never built a bridge. Uh, Arch you build one bridge. No, it's a different show. <laughs> they, they've installed Arch Manning as the number one recruit of all time. All time. That's yeah, what that's, yeah that's, Texas. That that that's that's the man, that's the name. Mm. I mean, if he was you know David Ellis, he'd be you know, <laughs> wouldn't mm. wouldn't be there. That's that's partly the name. Number two, Vince Young. Oh, there's talking all time Texas. Recruits. Oh, okay, there you go. No, 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 all time okay. recruits. Oh, two I thought you meant like okay, okay. all time okay. ever in okay. football. No, no, not I mean, all time ever in football. I think Earl so, Campbell would like a word. Yeah, the Tyler Rose. Yeah, I I mean I just pulled this up, so it may be wrong. It's on the internet. Cedric Benson also, I yeah. mean, was was amazing so, uh, you know, as far as recruiting goes. That was a coup. Yeah, that was a coup. Hey, um, 
one of the segments that that we really want to do on this show is as we go forward and and by the way that's one of the great things about having this podcast is we have no clue where any episode is going to go and i can't even believe where we are right now but as you know over time i think we're going to have a lot of great guests i think so none of them famous nope so like today we got marcus valdes you know he's probably marcus you're probably going to be the most famous guest we ever have on this show. By no. far, right now, you are the most famous guest we've ever had. We've ever had. had. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I, I do want to do on this show over time is, you know, uh, Richard is a member at uh, Bushwood Country Club, and uh, and I'm a member at Oak Hills. Shout out to all my buddies out there. And uh, there's there's a segment that, that we want to start, and it's called Carnahan Gives the Cheesemay from Bushwood. Oh, you fucking gobshite. It's Tales from the Bushwood? Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> Insert sponsor here. <laughs> Not Irish. Yeah. Okay, so there's some really good happenings going on at Bushwood. They um they pulled up all the grass from the the patio area going Kay. towards 18. Yeah. And they installed uh the AstroTurf. Oh. That'll be hot. But I think that there was uh there was a a party and everyone was smoking and they burn it up. No, already? <laughs> Not all of it, but <laughs> oh my god. Quite a bit of it. That stuff's highly flammable. Yeah, it is. Uh Jimmy Walker became a member at Bushwood and he broke a 40-year-old club record in about three and a half weeks, I think. <laughs> so that's what he shoot? 62, and I think he had two bogeys. But didn't he play from like th- the blue tees or something? No. He played from the tips. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Nothing but the well, then tip. it counts. Nothing but the tip for Jimmy. <laughs> um, Oak Hill's big news. So Abraham answered. Do you know Abe, or who he is, Marcus? No. Abraham. Abraham is from uh, the Rio Grande Valley, uh, Reynosa. Uh, he was one of those guys who, you know, kind of typical South Texas Valley family, kind of in Mexico, kind of in in the United States, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Pretty typical kind of Valley story. He's thirty-one. He's a member at Oak Hills. Literally could not be a nicer guy. Uh, I, I, if I were to choose a member from the PGA Tour to represent our country club, I don't think I could find somebody to choose that I'd like more than him. He is real cool. cool. Uh, and he's done really good in business. He's got a tequila company. He's got a clothing brand. Like he's, he's definitely a businessman alongside of being now a top 20 player in the world. Kind of late in life. Uh, late bloomer, if okay. you will. Um, and he's a little guy, by the way. My size. That's why you like him. It is definitely part of why I like him. Absolutely. You guys can uh, shop at Gap for Kids and <laughs> trade, oh, trade chinos. <laughs> Wait, is he really your size? He's, his program height's five foot seven. Are you that tall? <laughs> he is not five foot seven. That's why I said program height. <laughs> On his tippy toes. Well, I was five eight or five nine. I can't remember which. Well, in my are, high school basketball program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are both taller than Tom Cruise. God, that movie was good. It was good. God, did you see it? Yes, and I cannot believe it was better than the 1986 one. But it was. It was. It was. I, I, every scene I thought was great. God, you can't go to the bathroom on this one. It actually had a story. Oh, it was less homoerotic than the first less one. Less homoerotic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't You didn't, didn't like you, you didn't like the slider that. pose, you know? You know? That's yeah. Sure. I, I, I think mean, you who, need to I think you need to watch it again. I who, think there was a lot that you missed. Who plays volleyball in pants? Did you notice though in the mm. second one? Well, they they were playing that stupid football game that doesn't exist. Yeah. And they rolled oh, their it's, jeans it's, up. It's going to exist now. I I I predict 
by the end of this year, there will be a competitive football league of some sort two on ESPN. Way football, two two way, football, way football. Two-way football sounds like something you look up on Urban Dictionary, and it's like two guys fucking each other yeah. like in different directions. Two girls in a cup reference. Yes, right? Like, I swear to God they made that up for that movie. And you can go down to uh, Almost Park and watch people joust. <laughs> Both kinds. Wow. <laughs> what, like, anyway. <laughs> I actually thought it was really, really good. I forgot, I forgot how we even got to Tom Cruise. How did I get here? Uh, height. It was oh, a, a height Abraham thing. Answer. Abraham because of Answer. Abe. Because yeah. of Abe. So, so Abe announced last week that he's leaving for the, for the Live Golf Tour. All the scuttlebutt around Bushwood, around Oak Hills, around kind of around the entire sports world. It's like, what would you do uh, if it were you? And I got to be honest. I hate it. I... I'm never going to watch that fucking tour. Never. Not a chance. Well, right so, now, there's no place to watch it. But I don't care if they get a network deal. I don't care. I'm never going to watch it. How you described Abe, though, late bloomer, 31, he hasn't, he's going for the money. He hasn't, it's not like he's been this established player and I got $100 million in the bank. With Correct. Him and then he's, so, I mean, you know, you can kind of see his decision there. He may not be well-versed in American foreign policy the last 50 years either, so I can see why he's going to get the money. Well, I ain't mad at Abe. I, I ain't mad at Abe at all. Um, you have a finite amount of time to capitalize on your, yeah. on, on your successes and on your big name, and now's the time to strike. I think murder is kind of a mostly widely held oh, that value crosses for the all border. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does cross the border pretty well. <laughs> no, look, I, I look. If it were me, I wouldn't play on that fucking tour. I just wouldn't. So you're telling me, Jeffrey Abraham Vexler? It's Jefferson. Okay, Good. <laughs> America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So. You get a call from the Sheik, and he says, Jeff, I like what you're doing down in San Antonio. Obviously, your pod career's fucking killing, and you don't need this, but $150 million. Come and play. When, Ri when Richard said Sheik, I pictured Cannonball Run. $1 million to the winner, and I'm looking at Jeff like, you're doing it, are you? Well, what's awesome is they the Iron Sheik's still alive because I saw like his documentary. Oh. oh, my God, the one about him doing all the blow on the airplane? I think Ooh. he does crack. So if the shark, Greg Norman, called you up and right. said, hey. It depends a lot on where you are in your career and what you're trying to get out of it. If you are Phil Mickelson and you're already worth God knows how much and you know that you can make $30 million a year staying in the United States, barely working, not even playing golf except for whenever you want to go fuck around on the senior tour – but you can step into broadcast booths, you can do podcasts, you can do any number of endorsements, et cetera, et cetera, and still make 30 or $40 million a year. Why would you give that kind of cred to the Saudis? I, I, I would have a hard time doing it. Look, this tour ain't going to last. It can't last. You can't not have sponsors, not have uh, uh, network deals, um, and expect to be fiscally responsible and viable into the future. It just doesn't work. I disagree with you on that one. I don't think the Live Tour needs to be financially viable at all. They're just going to give away their money because they can? Yep. This is, I, I mean, the, it, it, is, it has been accused, as, accused of sports washing. 
This is Saudi Arabia trying to clean up their reputation. This is no different than their interest in Formula One, their ownership of a Premier League team. And I don't buy that this shit. This is sports watching. I don't buy that shit. That's what China said by having the Olympics. It didn't do shit for China. We still know they're bad actors. It's not, and nobody's going to change their mind on Saudi Arabia simply because they make a bunch of golfers rich and have a cool uh, tour, which is basically an exhibition. They have the money to dump into this to see if it's successful. They do. The, the sovereign wealth fund that is backing the Live Tour, $650 billion of liquid assets that they can turn to. I'm with they Bob. They have the money that's, to that, burn. That's, that's oil money. I'm with Bob on this. I'm not saying that they're going to go broke. I'm just saying that you're, you're throw, eventually you're going to be throwing good money after bad. But what Bob's saying is he doesn't think they care. They're not looking to make a profit. Then what are they looking to do? Make it. Does anybody know? It's it's an exhibition. It is a glorified exhibition. It's fucking fifty four holes and a shotgun start. It might as well be a goddamn member guest. <laughs> yeah, a member guest that Schwartzel for winning four point eight right? four million dollars for winning, and then apparently he was on the winning team, so another three quarters of a million dollars. Look, I, look. What the PGA Tour has done to react to this, and, and I think it's interesting, is they're going to have their own little mini-series inside of the PGA Tour's regular schedule where they take the big names and the big names play for big money. Great idea. Mm -hmm. Great idea. They probably should have done that before Liv had this idea. And, and the other thing they should have done is before they put Jay Monahan with Jim, with Jim Nance and asked questions is maybe give him some PR training. Because he looked like a he looked like another oh, hostage. No way, no way. I saw that interview and I loved it. You don't come on, come on. You've been I on the journal. I saw that interview. You, I thought Jay Monahan was awesome. You, he said he looked in the camera and he said, "I want to ask you players, ask yourselves this: When have you ever had to apologize for playing on the PGA Tour? I'm never going to watch a live event. I don't care. I'm not going to support it. Won't do it." Don't give a shit how big the prizes are. It's it is antithetical. Set up the cameras in his house. It's <laughs> though the, though it is crazy money. You you talk about local kids going to this tour. You mean like collegiates? Collegiates from Grand, UT. Grandson of a Masters winner of Charlie Cootie. Yeah, he was offered a couple million dollars signing bonus. The tour was going to pay for his travel to all events for two years. And then the purses, even even if you lose, you're still making big money. 150 to 250 yep. just for losing. Yep. I want that job. Yeah. I can come in last place and, all the time. <laughs> and, and 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 when he declined, they sweetened the pot by offering the same deal to his brother. Which is awesome. And they both turned him down. Well, I I would expect those two to, because their grandfather was a major champion on the PGA tour. And I think they get it kind of in the larger scheme of things. Um, and I respect – so that's what I was going to tell you, Marcus, is I don't, I don't think less of Abe Answer, but I definitely think high, more highly of Rory McIlroy than I used to, who is saying, forget it, under no circumstances, I ain't going. Oh, and he's playing with a fire now. If, if he could walk up to Greg Norman with a red-hot poker and jam it up Norman's backside, I think he would. I would like to see that. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I mean, for did, various reasons we'll get into in another podcast. Did, 
But the shark, he, he's not the nicest fella uh-huh. that ever swam uh-huh. in, he the, is not. in the PGA Ocean. I'm loving Rory McIlroy in the last. That's because he's Irish. He's he a, is. He's a good he's, Irish. He's, he's, he's a good Irish Gentile. Oh, oh. To, to get politically, is he Irish or is he British? He's Irish. He's from Northern Ireland. Is he Irish or is he British? We don't have enough time for that. No, we don't. We don't. It, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope that the live tour falls flat on its face. It worries me that okay, if, that's my question. Should the PGA be worried? Or is this like Vince no. McMahon and the XFL? That's cute. Maybe we'll learn a few things and I'll, we'll implement. I'll say no. I'm going to say no as well. I think it I think it all it's all determined by how much influence the PGA can exert on other things in the golf ecosystem. Understand the PGA Tour doesn't run any of the majors. Right. They don't run the PGA Championship. They don't run the Brit, sorry, the Open, the U.S. Open, or the Masters. If each of those, if each of those majors says next year, if you're live golf, Masters, and uh, PGA Championship, you're not allowed to play, and the U.S. Open and the British Open, the Open, say, yeah, you can play, but you got to go through qualifying. Oh, and by the way, World Golf Rankings, Live Golf Tour events don't count. That's right. Yeah. If the PGA can exert that kind of influence and lock them out, yeah, the Live Tour will not will not last. Going forward, it's going to get real interesting because are you playing golf for the money or are you playing golf for the tradition? And to me, what I love about golf and what I love about professional golf even more is that it is the most – it is the biggest meritocracy – of any major sport um, on the planet, tennis maybe, but it's golf, okay? You got to earn your keep every single year or you lose your card. Like you can't just sign a big contract like your fucking Juwan Howard and then play two good years and collect money for 10. Like it just doesn't worry. Like Chandler Parsons? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Chandler Parsons. There's a, there's a billion examples, right? Like you just- Jeff Foster. Antonio. Dean Palmer, Texas Rangers. <laughs> Collecting $33 million in his last three years, did nothing. It's Bobby awesome. Bonilla, I still think, getting sure. paid a million dollars That's, a year. He's the, he's well, the no, best it, example, yeah. Yeah, well, he signed a deal where he, it was a, like a whole life insurance policy. Yeah, and he, it's it's like an annuity, yeah. right? So every, yeah. every, every July, I, like, I think it's... Every July 7th is Bobby Bonilla. I like, I like, yeah. I like Allen Iverson's deal because they know he's a dumbass, right? So at like 55, he gets his $40 million or something. Really? From it's like Reebok. backloaded? Yeah, because they know he's a dumbass. You give him $55 million and it's going to be gone in a couple of days. The guy That's left, smart. The guy left $200,000 cars at airports. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> July 1, so it's next Friday, and it's $1.19 million that's paid out until 2035. That that's, is... Wow. we. Uh, Bobby Bow. Bobby Bow Bobby Bo. There are no Bobby Bows on the PGA Tour, man. Yeah. If you don't substantiate your, your existence on the tour, bro, you're gone. And the next kid, the next young kid who's coming up is taking that spot. I mean, if we rewind this podcast and we start it 18 months ago, you've never heard of Colin Morikawa. You've never heard of Sam Burns, mm-hmm. right? And those two guys are definitely getting offers right now from Live Tour for buku, buku money. And neither one of them has, as yet said yes to it. But, like, the point is, is the tour made them. It is their performance at the tour events that has made them. Yeah, and it's and it's really interesting where we are with professional sports today. I mean, at, at the highest level, the money that these players and athletes are making is, gener- is generational money. This is generational oh, yeah. wealth. Yeah. 
This isn't 40 unless million. inflation continues yeah. the way it is. Then maybe not. My forty million is only twenty million. Now. Yeah, we make a lot of money, but, but we, we spend, spend a, a lot, lot of money, money too. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> yeah. Is it just money for these guys that are going over to this tour that are getting paid because their their sponsors are dumping them? Mm-hmm. This is their only source of income now. Well, that's a really big question, by the way. Is sponsors? I'm glad you brought it up because the PGA Tour and and its influence, its sphere of influence, definitely is on the people whose ads you see, Charles Schwab, et cetera, et cetera, during PGA Tour events, right? So you're not going to see Charles Schwab go, oh, man, I think I'm going to go sponsor some of these live events. They're not going to do it, right? It's in direct conflict. But to every Coke, there's there's a Pepsi, right? So maybe J.P. Morgan Chase goes and does it, right? Instead of Charles Schwab. it, 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 it could grow, but let's see how much influence they have over the sponsors. Well, I am, I mean, th- there's the imp in me who's looking forward to possibly next year when the U.S. Open says all those exemptions that you live golf players thought you had, you no longer have them. You need to go to the little sectional qualifier mm-hmm. in bumfuck Brown- Brownsville yep. and play with the Phil Blackmar, yes. Denny's, <laughs> North Padre Island Golf Course. And you, you can need only to play a pro staff, <laughs> a yellow pro staff. It's nine holes. <laughs> and you just turn around and do it again. From a slightly different tee box. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me change this up. It's not going to be included in the World Golf Ranking because it can. It's three rounds. It's not 72 holes. They'll never get World Golf Rankings playing 54 holes. Augusta, I, I think Augusta, because you said this over lunch, I think Augusta may be the wild card. I think the PGA Championship, they're all out. Don't yeah, don't even include happen. them. I think the U.S. Open and the Open are going to make them qualify and remove all their exemptions. Don't you weigh the pros and cons and think the, the do the pros outweigh the cons oh, in I this think, instance? I think every single one of these guys – is sitting there with a, an abacus um, doing that exact math. There's a, a guy that pops to mind when you say that is Ricky Fowler, right? One of the most sponsored players in on, on this side of the pond, probably the most sponsored player on this side of the pond, just rakes from all of the deals that he has made. And he's not playing golf worth a shit over the last couple of years. I promise you that he is adding up every nickel and dime of what it would cost him if he left. And and you know what I mean? Like, he's definitely doing that math. If it doesn't matter to Dustin Johnson to put his name on the Claret Jug, right. that's fine. Then go play, you know, the bigger version of the barbecue fucking tour. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I don't think you can make a Hall of Fame career out of playing on the Live Tour. Right. And, and I, there, I say of, that there, there's to part the, of the pros and, There's part of the pros and cons. Am I going to make the Hall of Fame? Do you, like Richard just said, do you care about the Hall of Fame? Those, there's so many pros and cons. You really have to sit down with your wife or whoever and figure out, is this the best? And they, I'll go somewhere else with a little bit too. Mental health, like, you see the questions they're being asked and, the, and how they some of them, they look defeated and they mm-hmm. just look, like, exhausted sometimes in the press conference. And then they look like hostages. Yes. I want them to start blinking their eyes in Morse code. <laughs> yeah, and then holding up people, a paper with the date. Some of them may not care about being hated. I mean, they may, you know, some people are built for that, but most people do want to be liked, and they they're not going to be liked. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you just said that because two of the guys who are absolutely forget to three of the guys on the PGA Tour who you would list as one, two, three most hated guys on the PGA Tour: Bryson DeChambeau. Kevin Na, Patrick Reed. 
They've all said, adios. Yeah. I'm going to go somewhere where if I'm disliked, at least I'm getting paid for it. They don't care. Yeah, they yeah, wouldn't. They, they and they shouldn't. Care. They're grabbing the money knowing that this thing doesn't have legs. That's what I think. It's a money grab. And, and while we sit and say, hey, America's a business, go out and make your money. America is also the, the home of the second chance. Yeah, no doubt. So they're going to make their money. People are going to lose interest. And then the Saudis are like, yeah. We tried whatever. At the end of the day, we don't care. We're so rich. Yep. It shuts down. They come back and they say, hey, we're real sorry. Yep. And they have 25 to $100 million more well, than they had when they left. Well, that would be interesting if the size want their money back. Okay. Because. <laughs> not, not, or you're, you're ascribing a lot of intelligence and intellectual capacity to guys who hit a little white ball for a living. These aren't guys that are studying astrophysics. I Dare to say that the, the average tour player may be able to do some mental gymnastics with like the average basketball player. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I and and they're also Meh. highly advised by smart people. Like it's not necessarily Dustin Johnson making Dustin Johnson's own decisions. Dustin <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, who's your daddy, makes Dustin Johnson's <laughs> yes. decisions. Then. <laughs> You are you are signing up for a tour backed by people that kill journalists. True. Don't let women drive. The, Pluses the, and minuses. The the flip. There's the, some titty bars over there that are pretty amazing, and they're not really titty bars. They're more like slaves, slave, oh my <laughs> slave whores. Kind of like what they did to Princess Leia. Yes, exactly. At the, at the bar with Jabba. <laughs> exactly. It looks oh. like, probably looks a lot like that. Except. Slimmer and more wealthy? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You, Leia or Jabba? No, Jabba. Okay. <laughs> In all seriousness about that, though, like, you're a basketball guy like I am, Marcus. This Brittany Griner thing, it's it sucks, dude. Yeah. She's maybe the best player in women's basketball, and she's in fucking jail. Well, and so like, here's, here's something that's kind of funny. My son, he's 13 years old. He's never watched a women's basketball game in the world. But he said, hey, Dad. The NBA Finals is going on. Don't you think if they wanted to get her home, they'd talk about it on the broadcast? It's an excellent point. Don't you think, like, if Shaq and Barkley said, hey, we hmm. need to get her home? Hmm. <laughs> I was like, hey, son, that's Very pretty. astute of your 13-year-old son. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a point there. I mean, she's locked up. We can't get her out. I mean, obviously, minor infraction. Basically, what they're pissed off at is she's a big gay lesbian over there and they don't like that how long is it going to be before one of the guys on the live tour breaks his contract okay and says oh forget it like i'm out of here i don't like this are they going to cut his hand off right like how are the saudis going to handle that um i don't know it'd make the tv more exciting a guy playing with one hand you get you get these nice isotomer gloves ah you only need one <laughs> go get a friend have let's, him break the rules. Let's just say we we'll cut his hand off. Do they he, still make yeah. isotoner gloves? Dan Marino still gets a residual. I don't oh, think wow. they make them anymore, though. They sure are nice, though. They were. Like, yes, they still make isotoner gloves. They're about they 20 or 30 bucks a pair. Does like Dan his, Marino own stock, or is he the sole owner? Laces out, Marino. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say if he just tries to get away on the airport, I think uh, they'll have a special holding tank for him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really uh, worry about that, man. Like, uh, you know, the, it's not exactly they're like... They're going to shoot down his private oh, jet. Oh, wow. Do you know... To, everyone take a guess. This is trivia time. Okay. Dan Marino's net worth last year. 
Wait, that's a diff- those are two different questions. No, nah, I mean one year or all together. Lump sum no, no, total. his actual net worth. Five hundred million. Yeah, I'd say five hundred million. Three fifty. Wow, you guys are off by an order of magnitude. Wow. Fifty million. That's it. He must uh, gamble. He does, likes the prostitute. Does I don't he know. have really big nostrils? Yeah. <laughs> Sinus infections all the time. Fun, baby. You know, I think this I think this live golf like experiment is going to be interesting. This is not going to be the last time we talk about it on this show. Me and Bob are gone. I know that 20 million. I just just want one. As soon as Greg Norman gives me a call. If you start having college graduates and corn fairy graduates. Jeff, I'm going to pay $10 million to be a Saudi Arabian scout. Now you've got to go find the 20 year old talent for Saudi Arabia. Oh my God. And I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to pay me $2 million. You're going to pay for my travel for the next two years. And even when I lose, you're still going to pay me $150,000 an event? It's hard to say no to that. Okay, now yeah. i got to start having a bunch of kids and getting them in golf. We need to- For real, every yes. time they open a book, you take a 7-iron, and you hit them over the hand with it really hard. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and you, you show them how to chip with a 7-iron. Thanks for joining us for Episode 0 of the Jew and the Gentile Podcast. See you next time.